Amen. John said on the island of Patmos that there will be no more sickness, no more death. Shock trauma would have gone out of business. There will be no need for Vaughn Green, no marches. Every day will be Sunday. Congregation shall never end. And you get a free apartment that you don't have to pay rent. Everybody is going to be happy over there. That's enough just to make you try to get over there. Free rent. Lord have mercy. The last time I had free rent, I had to be in the house by 11 o'clock. Oh, it's so good to see you. Those of you who are visiting who may not be members of the Church of Christ, we say welcome. We want you to know that we consider you our honored guests and we're just happy that you have decided to come and be with us this morning. And those of you who are visiting with us from another congregation of the Lord's people, it is so good to see you. It's always good when we can come open God's book, study his word, which is able to save our soul. And those of us who labor here with Brother and Sister Bethea, we expect to see you. If you came to see Brother Bethea, you got to go down to Atlanta, Georgia at the Southeast Lectureship. Or come back next Sunday. I saw some folks this morning. I said, well, where have you all been? They said, well, where have you been? We've been here. we just been helping out in D.C. And just so good to see all of you. Remember the men's retreat. Remember the the. 2017 Mid-Atlantic Lectureship. Amen. Thank you, Brother Jones. Thank you, Brother Keelan. And thank you for being here. I, at 8 o'clock, I've been doing a series. And I just didn't want to. So someone said, are you going to continue? To, to get where I was going, you need all four of those lessons. And I'm in the third one of that. Brother Veal did an outstanding job at 8, 8, 8 o'clock this morning. If I wasn't a member of the church, I, I would obey today. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, see, one of the things that you must understand that God's still in control. And whatever we're going to do, God, God got control over that. So if, if you want the series, I'll pick back up next Sunday at, at, at 8 o'clock. But I do have a word from the Lord. Right. Amen. And, and, and when we're done, if something that I said that you disagree with, Ask your Bible question. Because it's so important that we understand, especially this day and time, on what the Bible teaches. See, we all, every one of us in here has an opinion. 
but opinion like noses. All of us smell something different. Yeah. But the Bible is the word of God. So Paul writes this letter to his son Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. said, all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. And then he writes this letter to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. He said that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division amongst you. So the Bible is God's word. And then Peter says that the Bible is not of no private interpretation. There's no way that you're going to look at the Bible and see one thing. I'm going to look at the Bible and see something else. So now, if somebody looking at the Bible and two people looking at the Bible and they see something different, somebody need to go get their eyes checked. Somebody ain't seen it. So that's where we are this morning. Second Corinthians, the passage that Brother Keelan read into our hearing. Second Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth, and listen to what he said. Would to God that you could bear with me in, a, in little in my follies, uh, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealous. For I have expound you to one husband, that I may present you as a chastening version to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguile Eve through his substancy, so your mind should be corrupt from the complicity, simplicity, that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if he hath received another spirit, which we have not seen, or another gospel, which we have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Four words in these four verses that we want to center our attention around. The first word is serpent. Serpent. 
The second word is another Jesus. And then the third word that you need to highlight or underline, a second spirit. And then the fourth word that we need to consider is another gospel. Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth, and he says, um, I have fear for you because someone is saying some of the most prosperous thing imaginable. They're saying that there is a second Jesus or a second spirit or another gospel. Who is saying that? Who have the audacity to say that there is, Brother Franklin, a second Jesus, a second spirit, or a second gospel? So then he says, the serpent. The serpent. Who is the serpent? Anyone who can say something that cannot be backed up by the Bible is the serpent. Is that all right? Just for this morning. Anyone that says something, anyone that comes to you and say that there is another Jesus, some that comes to you and say there is another spirit or another gospel and cannot back it up by the Bible is a serpent. Is a serpent. You remember what Paul says in that letter he wrote to the church at Galatians? In Galatians chapter 1, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him who have called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. He said, though there be some that troubles you and provoke the gospel of Christ, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you. He said, let it be a curse. Like, can, Paul, has, Paul has the right. Can, can I introduce the person who wrote this letter? Paul, an apostle of Jesus. 
if you want to know how baptism is connected to salvation. I, I, I know what Peter said in Acts 2. Repent and be baptized. But if you want to know the intricacy of how baptism is related to the sinner and Jesus Christ, you got to check with Paul. If you want to know how to treat your spouse in marriage, you got to check with Paul. You got to check with Paul. If you want to full understand why communion is to be done every week, check with Paul. Paul wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. His Hebrew name was Saul. His Roman name was Paul. He was born in the Roman city of Tarsus, living in the capital city of the Roman Empire, Cilicius. One day he was on his way to Damascus. He ran into the Lord, and this was about A.D. 37, that he had this encounter with Jesus. He was on his way. Paul was a keeper of the law so much that he killed Christians but when he had this encounter with the Lord on the road to Damascus Paul had a change that was so impregnated that the Holy Spirit had the account three times in the book of Acts Paul so, so when Paul writes this letter to the church at Corinth and he says to them, I fear for you. I'm concerned about you because someone is saying there's another Jesus. Someone is saying there's another spirit. Someone is saying that there is another gospel. But I have come to tell you that there is but one Jesus. There is one spirit that came from God. And there is no other gospel than that which we have preached. So, and then now, now Paul was different from all of the other apostles. Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles. When, when, you, when, you, when you look at Paul's writing and, and all of the things that Paul did, he does it to the Gentiles. And, and, and see, 
started writing about A.D. 50. When, when we open the Bible and we begin to read the New Testament, Brother Claiborne, we have the tendency to start with Matthew. Right. Ma Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the gospel book. And when we start reading, Brother Cooper, every now and then, we have the tendency to go to Matthew first. Matthew wasn't even the first gospel book. Mark was the first gospel book. But when you start, and, and Mark started writing, uh, 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 Brother Wormley, Mark started writing about A.D. 60. Paul started writing in A.D. 50. So when Paul started writing in A.D. 50, none of the gospel was even thinking about yet. So what the gospel does is reconfirm what Paul wrote. Yeah. See, if you want to, if, if you want to read the Bible and you start with the gospel book, Brother Ville, you're reading the gospel backwards. Because, see, Paul had already started writing. So when Paul says, I'm concerned about you because the word on the street is that you all think there's another Jesus. And you all think that there is another spirit. And you all think that there is another gospel. Well, where did you get that from? He says, the serpent. The serpent does that. Now, we've seen the serpent before. So, so, <laughs> let, let me, so, so you know, and, and then watch how Paul said, how the serpent beguiled Eve in the garden. That serpent had raised his ugly head. So Paul said, if if you want to know God's eternal purpose for man and his family here on earth, you have to go back and read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. If you want to know what God intended, the relationship that God had intended for man and himself, you're not going to get that unless you go back and read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Because in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, God shows everything. But by the time we got to Genesis 3, everything was messed up. Everything was messed up. And it was messed up because of the serpent. <laughs> so Paul says, from the time, from Genesis 3, 
when you get into Genesis 3, everything was messed up. So from Genesis 3 to the cross, God had to now figure out a way to get man back to him. From Genesis 3 to the cross is 4,000 years. It took God 4,000 years, Brother Keelan, to get back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Cause, cause see, see we, we wonder what God wants from man. If you ever wonder what God wants from man, you got to go back and you got to read Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. If you want to know who to marry, you got to go back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. If God was intended for two male, a man and a man to be married, or a female and a female to get married, if that thought is in your mind, go back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. When we got to Genesis 3, the serpent had come in and messed up God's plan for man. So Paul says, I'm nervous about you. Because if you're not careful, that serpent, which allowed Eve in the garden, will put these thoughts, that's where you were this morning, put these thoughts in your mind that there is another Jesus, that there is another gospel, that there is another spirit. But if you want to know but God, go back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Then Paul says that God spoke into existence everything that God wanted to be and God didn't speak into nothing but every time God spoke he spoke into something God stepped out on nothing reached back at nothing and grabbed something tossed it out into nowhere and somewhere showed up. If, if you want to know, go back to Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. And Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 3, the Bible says, and God said, in Genesis 
chapter 1 and verse 6, the Bible says, and God said. When you get to Genesis chapter 9, chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, and God says. When you get to chapter, the verse 11, and God says. When you get to chapter 4, verse 14, and God said. When you get to 20, and God said. When you get to 24, and God said. And guess what happened? When you get to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26, and God said. See, God spoke these things into existence. When God wanted to make the stars, he spoke to the firmament. And the stars was there. When God wanted to make fish, he spoke to the water. And the fish was there. When he wanted to make the fowls of the air, and man, and man he spoke to the earth. And so when, 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 God, when God wanted something, he spoke to something. When he wanted the stars, he spoke to the infirmament. When he wanted fish, he spoke to the water. When he wanted fruit, he spoke to the trees. When he wanted the uh, animals, he spoke to the ground. But when it comes to man, when it comes to man, God didn't speak to the infirmament. God didn't speak to the trees. God didn't speak to the water. God said, I'm going to speak to me. I'm going to speak to me when, when it comes to man. I, I want you to know that, that I'm something and you something because see, God didn't speak to the elements when it comes to man. He said, when it comes to man, he said, I'm going to speak to myself. I'm going to speak to myself because I want man to understand that man is something because I'm something. He said, I'll make man after my own image so so god so paul so paul comes back and he says that i'm nervous that you all about to let somebody tell you that there's another jesus i'm nervous because you all about to say that that there is a, another spirit or there is another gospel he said you all are being deceived by the serpent. In Genesis chapter 3, from Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1 to Genesis chapter 15, chapter 1 and verse 15, the serpent is mentioned five times. Serpent, 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 serpent. So when, when God had made everything in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, everything was perfect. Man had an eternal 
relationship right. with God. But above all of that, God had a relationship with man. And then, here come that slick thing. And from Genesis 3 to Genesis chapter 14, when you get to Genesis chapter 14, God cursed the serpent. What have you done? The serpent beguiled me. And I told the serpent what I shouldn't have told the serpent. So watch God. He curses the serpent. In Genesis 1, Genesis 3 and 14, he said, from this day, on your belly, you will crawl all the days of your life. And when you get tired of crawling on your belly, you will die. But then, when it got to Genesis 3 and 15, God had an, another conversation. He says, the seed of the woman will bruise your head. Who is the seed of the woman? Jesus. He's, he's, talking, he's not talking. He's talking about Jesus. Jesus will bruise your head. And not only that, see, brothers and sisters, we need to understand who the war is with. See, you think the war is between you and Satan. This ain't no care but us. The war is between Jesus Christ and Satan. And every time Satan can pull one of you back in the world, he tweets God. Three o'clock in the morning. Catch up with me now. And say, I got Larry. And, and God, God tweet him back. <laughs> Lord have mercy. See, God tweet him back and say, he stumbled this morning, but he got back up by noon. So the serpent, so, so the serpent was, was there causing this confusion. You remember in, in, in Exodus 3 and 4, God had this conversation with Moses. And he says to Moses, go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And, and Moses said, I, I, I can't talk. I, I can't speak. God, hey, God said, oh, don't you worry. I got this. I made the town that is in your mouth. All you do is open your mouth and I'll speak for you. And then, then God says, what that you got in your hand? He said, a rod. Another translation said, it's a stick. So God said, cast it down on the ground. And when Moses cast that stick on the ground, it became 
a serpent. So God says to Moses, pick it up, but pick it up by its tail. See, when God says something, we have to do what God says exactly how God said it. Can you imagine that Moses had grabbed that serpent by the head when God said to pick it up by the tail? But the Bible says that when Moses saw the serpent, Moses ran. Now, Moses, there's no evidence that Moses ran because he was afraid of the serpent. But a thousand years had passed and Moses knew that any time there was a dealing with the serpent, it was a curse. And Moses wasn't about to grab hold to a curse. So Moses, God says to Moses, grab it by its tail. And when Moses reached down and grabbed it, it became a stick. So there's, see, the moral of the story is that there is a war going on between the stake, the snake and the stick. And you remember, you remember when Genesis all of those snakes was in fire, came down and was biting the people. So the people went to Moses and said to Moses, what shall we do? How are we going to do this? So Moses went back to God. And so God said, I want you to grab some grass. And I want you to beat, beat it and beat it until it formed the the." the the, the same figure of the serpent. And then he said, I want you to take that and put it up on a pole. Just as Moses raised up the serpent in the wilderness, so shall the son of man be raised up. And he said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. So Moses, Moses did exactly what God said for Moses to do. And when, the, when Moses raised up that serpent, and when Moses had beaten that grass, see, that shows God's judgment because he was beating it. And, 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 and once they got it in the form, everybody that Moses touched with the grass were healed. See, the serpent represents all kind of sin. The serpent represents all kind of evil. The serpent represents the most hideous 
sin that had ever been made. So from Genesis 3 to the cross, 4,000 years it took God to work out this to get us back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Because see, for 4,000 years, man did not have a relationship with God. And then one day, John was walking down the, the seashore of the Galilean Sea. And he said, behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. What was happening, Brother Fraser? God was working on getting man back to Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. When Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, he knew what was about to happen. See, nobody wants to die, but somebody got. Nobody wants to die, but somebody got to die. On Thursday, on Thursday evening, they came to the somebody that had to die for everybody. And they said to the somebody, are you the one? And the somebody says to everybody, Thou saith, I'm the one. So they took him, had a trial between midnight and morning about somebody. Not everybody, but just somebody. And by the time the sun came up, Somebody was found guilty of something that everybody was guilty of. Moses raised it up in the wilderness. If I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. So they took somebody and they nailed him to the cross for everybody. The one who knew no sin, did no sin, but became sin for everybody 
And it doesn't matter who you are. If we all come to the base of the cross, God said, I will draw all men unto me. So, they nailed him to the cross. Just like Moses in the wilderness. Whoever look upon that serpent on the stack shall be saved. If you look upon him who is on the cross, you can be saved. But you must humble yourself at the foot of the cross. So Paul, Paul says, I'm afraid. I know I shouldn't be, but I care about you. I'm afraid that you are being deceived by someone who is telling you that there's another Jesus. I'm perplexed because you got the idea that there's another spirit. And I can't believe that you think there's another gospel. What's happening? The serpent. <laughs> the serpent is beguiling you. Just like he got Eve. So now, I've been talking a long time. I mentioned that serpent about 15 times to this point. And I told you that the serpent is anyone who says something that cannot be backed up by the Bible. Is that fair? Okay, now, now why, Brother Frazier, will you say that? Brother Bill said this morning. I wasn't there, but I got all of my information from an eyewitness who was there. And I didn't trust them to be Greek griots. I had them to write it down. So those who live in Baltimore in 2016 could understand what was happening 4,000 years ago. So watch Paul. He says, the serpent had beguiled you. And I know you, but I'm afraid for you. But you don't have to worry about the serpent. Because the one that they killed on Friday, wrestling on Saturday with death, the grave, and hell got up early. Got up early 
on a Sunday morning. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So they said, well, what about those folks who does those hideous sin? A child molester. Let's just, let's just put a child molester. Is that all right? Can't be much hideous than a grown man molesting children. If the child molester will come boldly, humble himself before the cross, he went to the cross for the child molester. Yeah, I see you. Y'all, some of them, some looking at me like, man, that cannot be true. Uh, yeah, I, I see the look on your face. They're looking at me like, he, he, he died for the child molester. Just like he died for those of us who stole grapes. On this side is the child molester. And on this side is the one who said, tell him I'm not home. On this side is the child molester. On this side is the one who saw me drop my wallet and put it in their pocket and say, God gave me a blessing. <laughs> on, this, on this side. And on this side is the one who said, I don't get nothing out of Wednesday night Bible class. So, I ain't coming. But between this child molester and this liar stands him. Stands him hanging up on the cross. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. On this side is the child molester who need him. On this side is the liar who needs him. He went there for the child molester just like he went there for the one that said, tell him I'm not home. So Paul, so Paul says, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about you because you, you think there's another Jesus. You being deceived that there's another spirit. You being deceived that there is another gospel. So if anybody 
can tell us about Jesus, it could be the Apostle Paul. That's why in Ephesians 4, he said there's one body and one spirit, even as you're calling, one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, above all, and in you all. Don't let the serpent beguile you like he did Eve in the garden. You ready, man? Stand up so I can stop. As long as you sit there, I'm going to say something. Yeah. See. Go and, go and tell the world what God told you. That's all you got to do. Go and tell the world that he died for a molester just like he died for a liar. All you got to do is come boldly to the cross and he will meet you right there this morning. If you're here, you're not a member of the Lord's church. The Bible says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Believe with all your heart that Christ died for you, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Repent of your sins, confess your faith in Christ, and we'll baptize you this morning in water for the remission of your sin. And he, he went there for you. He, he went there for you. And, and, and he went there for me. And, and you know the, the, the blessing it is? The same blood that covers you covers me. <laughs> and you, and you, the same blood. There ain't but one set of blood that covers all of us. But all of us got to come boldly to the foot of the cross. If you need Jesus, come right now as we together stand and sing the sound that has and number been number 903, would you be free?